0: that it will be a word in due season that will bring understanding to some of the questions in our hearts, Lord. We want something fresh, something new to our hearing. We want ears that hear, eyes that see. We want a word that brings joy and rejoicing to our soul. Father, please speak through me, Lord, and you take all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, When I saw my name done, I was like, Why? (laughs) But then you think you're sharing, what do you share about? It's always best to share about something personal, something you can relate with, because when you talk, you talk best from your heart. And today I'll be talking about Mary or Martha, because in the last few years, I've been on a journey, a journey, and it's been a lot of growth, a lot of um, hearing, trying to hear from God, because it's not all the time we hear, and it's not every time we want to hear what he's saying. Um, Last year, May, he told me, be still. And I did hear that. Obeying it. (laughs) Work in progress. But God is helping. And then over the last few months, it's been the same thing. Be still. Come. Come. I just keep hearing him say, come. Seek me. You know, and the more one gets closer to him, it's just been awesome. Like all these testimonies, you guys have preached it all. When you come, there's nothing he doesn't do for you. He just meets you at your point of need before you even ask. He does great and mighty things. And it's like, thank you, Lord. So we're talking about Mary or Martha. So who are we? You know, but both of these women, they have good things, you know, that they have good attributes we could get from them. So we'll just go through this. Um, we'll, um, the word is from Luke 10, 38 to 42. And it says, as they continued their journey, as they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word. He said, eh, sorry, on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, Martha, dear Martha. You're forcing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It is the main course, and it wouldn't be taken from her. Of course, back to food again. (laughs) A lot of us are foodies, but we thank God that we can eat and we can enjoy food. So looking at this recently again, I, you know, just a lot of things. I've read this since, you know, from Sunday school, all the different things we've learned about Mary, Martha. But there was a lot of fresh remer, you would say, for me. And I thought, let me share it with everyone, with my family. <laughs> so the first thing was Jesus came to their town. You know, and for us, Jesus is here even now. Jesus is available and he's within reach right now. John 1.14 says that Jesus, um, the, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. That's the message version. And that version always just gets me. and like, wow, he became flesh and he moved in. He's here. He's available, you know. Also, we are Jesus to other people in our neighborhoods and things. So um, he's visiting towns, he's visiting places, he's visiting hearts. He's knocking on hearts. So let's keep that in mind. Isaiah 55, 6 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. So there's also a time that Jesus might not be near. So it's best to while he's around, while he's calling, let's answer. Let's take on, you know, he's calling now. You know, when someone is phoning you, you you should take the call and find out what is it. What do they have to offer you and all. And then of all the people in that town, Martha was the one who knew that this was a divine visitation. She knew that this was a different time. It wasn't as normal. It wasn't a normal time, you know, and that it shouldn't be missed. So she took the opportunity and she welcomed him into her home. And then she not only welcomed him, but she made him feel at home. How do you make the king of kings and the lord of lords, the one where you, they talk about heaven, and he's able to feel at home in her house You know, so, I mean, let's give her credit for that because we go to some people's places and we're like, we just want to go back home. We've had enough, you know, but Jesus stayed and Jesus sat. And if you remember all the different times Jesus sat down, great and mighty things happened. The Beatitudes, feeding of the 5,000, so many beautiful things. When he sits, you know, he's about to do great things and he's not in a hurry. So it's nice to have Jesus sat in our hearts, in our homes. There must have been other people who wanted to invite Jesus to their homes or even actually invited him at that same time, but we don't hear about them. Something Martha did caught his attention and drew him to her home. So this got me thinking that how do I get the Lord of all to stop, to turn from whatever he's about and to come and visit me? How do I ensure that my prayer times are not just that, me praying and spending time with only me? And somehow the one who it's all about is nowhere. He's not even present at all because that happens quite a lot where you're just going through the motions of prayer. Okay, let's pray and let's get on with it. You know, but how do we get it as a time of intimacy? So what about my Bible study, my times of meditation on the word? That, do I get anything tangible from any of that? Do I go, go away with anything? Do I even get to fellowship with the Holy Spirit? What does that even mean? You know And then my mind went back to the woman at the well, the, the Samaritan, Samaritan woman, and her story always just gets me I'm like, "God, this is me, because the Bible says that Jesus had need to pass through Samaria. Jesus was on a journey, and then he had to go through Samaria because of one woman. She wasn't a Jew, she wasn't. She, her story, we know how she'd been with six men. Normally, Jesus should avoid her. We, we might think about avoiding her, but Jesus knew he had to. And not only did he have to, he had to do it alone. And he tells them, I'm hungry. And then he sends over 20 men because he had his 12 disciples. And we know that there were some who were with him constantly, apart from the 12. He sends so many people to buy food for how many people? Who does that? He only needed to send about three, four people to get the food. But he sent everyone away so he could have that one-on-one time with this woman, What did she do to draw Jesus to her? I'm always like, what did she do? What was her heart's cry? She must have been crying to God for something. And Jesus heard and he came. And then what about Hannah in the Old Testament as well? Um, She came crying. You know, she was finally at that stage where she was like, I've had enough and it's only God that can help me. And then she cried so much that not only Eli heard her, but God heard her. He gave her Samuel, and then he gave her about five more children. But it doesn't stop there. Because the Bible, when you go through the Bible, it said that, I think, her great-grandson, Haman, he was King David's muse. How can you be an inspiration to King David? King David, who wrote the Psalms, most of the Psalms, and knew God, he was, God said, this is a man after my heart. And then Haman was somebody who used to inspire King David. So you can imagine what kind of a person he was. And then later on, in the time of King Hezekiah, they talk about her descendants there again in the temple. So she cried, and God gave her a generation that, apart from her grandson, Joel, and his brother, the rest of them, and maybe even now, if we trace them, they might still be her descendants serving God, you know. So what did she do? And I thought they were hungry. They were desperate. They knew that it's only God that can help me. And I was like, Topper, you need to start getting desperate and broken. (laughs) So then her sister Mary is introduced, and she sat before the Lord that Martha had invited into their home. And it says that she hung on his every word. One would have thought that she would have known to entertain Jesus, to join in entertaining and sorting things out. But um, sometimes we're busy entertaining Jesus with our praise, our worship, service, works. These are legitimate things. But then we forget that it takes us away from kononoia. And kononoia is where you take time to fellowship. You share something in common with a person. A place of intimacy, of becoming one, of communing with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then with our fellow Christians. So we need to be jealous about the time we spend with God and then ensure that, like Mary, we're in his presence each time we pray, worship or study the word and it can happen, it can happen, it takes time and I will keep saying that I'm work in progress but the more we press in, the more we get in there and, oh. <laughs> and then there's a but Martha who did the initial inviting, she got carried away with all the entertaining, good things and then offense setting. in and then she was quick to you know, express this and she went to Jesus feeling very justified that you know how can this be? I'm here, I'm busy, I'm sweating, it's food for you, you know, and your many men, you know, she was really grieved. And then one would think she was expecting Jesus to give her a pat on the back and console her and send Mary off to her. But um, while she started out in the right by knowing to invite Jesus into her home and making him feel welcome, she then lost focus and she forgot to interact with her guests. I mean, you don't invite someone to your house and leave them on their own, and then you're doing other things. You're there because you want to get to know them a lot more. Sometimes, like Mary, we're more concerned, because this was another thought for me, about someone else's walk with God. We need to learn to focus on our own race. Um, another favorite verse of mine, which helps to set my head back, <laughs> is John 21:20 20 to 22, where Peter turned around and he saw behind them disciple J- J- Jesus loved. John, the one um, Jesus loved, and he, the one who leaned over Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? So Peter then asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? And Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I come, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. And that has always taught me that we all have our own walk with God. We would encourage each other, but it's a, it's a one-on-one journey with God. So, but Jesus lovingly and gently spoke to Martha, and he said, Martha, dear Martha. So he's always loving. He would always reply to the people he loved. with. It's only the Pharisees, and he would be a bit harsh with, and all. But he he said, Martha, dear Martha, you know, that all you're doing is fussing. You're working yourself up. It's a distraction to what's truly important. And then he summed everything up as nothing. And this is her serving him. He said, it's nothing. You know, and that must have been a shock to her system that after everything she'd been doing, which was for him, to honor him, to make him feel at home and welcomed, she would tell him it's nothing. And why would he say that? Because he wanted, what he really wanted at that time was for her to spend time in his presence, to be sat at his feet, gazing at his word, his face, hiding the word in her heart and obeying it. He wanted kononoya, he wanted fellowship first, and then the rest would come out of it in a purposeful way, because we need to know how to fol- how to worship God, you know. Because um, a thought came to me that how do you properly serve somebody you haven't gotten to know? You know, I could invite Nathan to my house and I'll make him a lovely roast meal, and then find out he's vegetarian. That wouldn't be very nice, <laughs> although he's not. <laughs> or, you know, I could end up making a chocolate cake for someone who has chocolate allergies. So, you need to find out who your guest is, what they like, what they're about, and all. Um, There's slide four, please. And I thought, you know, what did Mary do? Mary was a worshiper. You know, and to worship God, we need to know how to spend time seeking Him, seeking His kingdom, seeking His righteousness. We need to seek a personal revelation of who He is. We need to be led by the Spirit. To know how the Lord desires to be worshiped in this season of our lives. Because, you know, some days you wake up and you know that God just wants to be praised. Like today we thanked, and that just opened up, you know, a whole, took us to another level. Some days He's like, come and sit down and put more word in you. You know, there's things coming ahead, and you need to be able to stand on certain scriptures. You know, and, and for you, Pam, you know, eighth year, new beginnings, new beginnings. You know, and for a lot of us he said he would do a new thing. He said, Behold, it will spring forth. And for me that verse says things are happening on the ground, in the soil. It's all happening under we don't see you plant, it dies, and you don't see anything. Weeks, months, people like Richard Saxby would say, It's being it's whatever something is happening down. You by faith keep watering it and watering it. And then one day it springs forth. And that's what God is about to do. And we thank God. So back to this. Um, You know, we need to know how God wants to be worshipped. We need to get instructions on what his callings and purposes are for us at this time. We need to be like the sons of Issachar. Those men, the Bible says that they knew the times, they knew the seasons, and then they knew what to do for each particular time. And that's what we want so that we're not just running around. Because you could do different things, you know. How do you know what department you're supposed to be in? How do you know how to be a blessing to that department? You know, you bring something fresh, something new to whatever you're doing, because God would give you daily things. Because even with Jesus, he says, as was his custom, he would wake up early in the day to go out and commune with God. And this is God going, knowing that every day there's a fresh revelation. And that's why he knew that, ah, I need to go back to Samaria. They had sent, they didn't let me come in some chapters before. But that woman needs to have communion with me. One-on-one communion. And we see what happened. Her life got changed. The whole community, they all testified of the greatness of God. So that's why it's good to know what he wants us to do per time. People can confirm, but you should know to a large extent of what God is asking you to do. So many things are good to do, but one thing is essential. Find it and make it a lifestyle. Choose it and make it the main course of your walk with God. Learn to be a secret place dweller. Um, Do most of your talking. That's one thing I was hearing a lot ending of last year. And I was like, you know, someone said something. He said, most of your talking should be done in the secret place. That's where you do a lot of your talking. That's where the battles are done. You know, Jesus could do, he had done a lot of things. So he would just come and he would just say to a demon possessed person, be gone. And the demon is running away. He just, he never struggled with deliverances or anything. He didn't struggle because he had sorted it all out in the secret place. So we go there and we commune with God. Another thing we need to do is sharpen our ears to know God's voice. Are we his sheep? Do we know his voice? In all you know, there's so many storms and winds and waves and distractions that come. But we need to know God's voice, especially when you need to hear it in a hurry. Sometimes you don't have time to think, is that God? Is that not God? Oh, uh, go to a friend, you know, ask a friend or something. You need to know at that time. So that's another thing. I keep praying, God, let me hear your voice above everything else. Let it be the loudest thing I hear. And without a doubt that it is you. Then help me to obey. (laughs) Because that's the next best, the biggest thing. It's not hearing sometimes. It's obeying what he says. Okay. And then um, Mary found peace at his feet. Martha, she was walked up, she was agitated, and all but Mary found peace. because that's another thing you get at Jesus' feet. Mary's loyalty was, with, was to Jesus. There was a value she had placed on Jesus, and she knew how to access His presence. She would sit still, she was focusing on him, on his face, his word. And one thing that I know, it's not convenient. It is not convenient spending time with God. There are other things to do, you know. Dotton works really hard, he's busy, he comes home late, I have three children and so many things. And sometimes you just want to sit down, you just want to rest. But then you know that you need to go back into his presence because that's where you get the true rest. You know, and that's where you get things that would then help you to do other things and help me to apportion my time with the children, tell them what to do, bring them up in the way he should go and everything. And, and even for me, you know, to be able to walk in the fruits of the Spirit, you need to spend time in God's presence. How are you patient with three children? You know, my kids, thank God, they're full of life, you know, and they're strong-willed. And I thank God because I heard a man, Arthur Burke, say once, he said, there's some people God gives a strong will because they're going to be leaders and they need to stand firm, you know? So he said, don't look down on children who have strong will because they need to have that will. Their will needs to be strong so that they're not you know, wavered with different things that come because they need to lead, they need to hear God because we know how it is. We're different from everybody else. So how do you stay strong when everybody else, even the classmates are doing this? How do you keep on with God? So it's a blessing to have a strong will, just it needs to be subjected to God, that's all, to teaching them that too. So it's not convenient, and that's why it's called a sacrifice of praise. But we need to remember that God sees the hunger and the value that we place on seeking him. And he will always, always pay back. We can stand and testify, but the, all the testimonies, they were like taken from our lives, because there are times when we didn't even... <laughs> Dave is here. There were times we would not have petrol in our car. You know, we called Dave and Dave was like, there's no petrol in the car. That's why he broke down. <laughs> it's not rocket science, you know. And there was a car, he, he wouldn't remember saying this, but our blue Volvo, the one we had when we first came here, he's like, does Dotton have a deep love for this car or something? Is he attached to it? I was like, no, we just can't afford anything else. It was two years of praying and then God blessed us with the car he's been driving since then. You know, but God has been faithful. He's been true. At the right time he would always come through time and time again. You know, even 2 weeks ago, I was sitting in my house and I got a text. I was being offered a job I didn't apply for. You know, I didn't apply for the job, nothing. And you know, it was like care, you know, so started a, another job with all the different things that I do everywhere, but God is faithful. God is true and When he sees the value you place on him, he just, you know, he just is like, okay, yes. He's like, before you ask, he's already there for you. And then um, another thing I know is that when we get to the presence of God, it can be taken from us. And we ourselves don't want to easily let it go. Anytime we begin to feel like, ooh, I'm not here. You know something is wrong and you're doing everything you can to get it back. The Lord loves our service, and the body greatly benefits from it. But first, we need to spend more time getting to know the Lord one-on-one. And then direction will come, like I said, on how to serve, where to serve, you know, when. So that we can serve more effectively, efficiently, and not in our own strength. Because that's another thing. A lot of us, we do things in our strength. When we lean in on the Lord, he gives us the strength we need and the wisdom. And that is how to serve God acceptably. We need to learn to sit before him unhurried, to wait to hear him speak, engaging the Holy Spirit by speaking in tongues. It is so important. And I, I'm sure for anybody who would like to or who doesn't and everything, see the eldership. It does wonders just speaking in tongues. Am I making sense? Am I? Well, I tell my children, don't worry. You're praying in a language that God hears. And God wants those prayers And the Holy Spirit is praying the right prayers for you for that time. He's not... We're women, some of us. (laughs) We can be emotional. You cannot always pray in your understanding sometimes. We need to be able to put emotions to one side and pray what God needs to hear. And a lot of times, it's through speaking in tongues. You can pray directed prayers and tell tell the kids, the enemy doesn't know. He can't understand what you're saying. So it's a secret code between you and God. You know, so, so many advantages to speaking in tongues. So we need to do it more and do it often. That is how to pray without season. (laughs) Sometimes I'm praying and the kids are like, mommy, she's at it again. But they know, they know. So they're they're calm now. (laughs) Another thing, meditating and gazing on his word. That is very, very vital. That's another one I struggle with and God is helping me. We need to sit on the word, brew on it, make it yours, and that's what happened with this verse, and that's why all of this is coming out, because I meditated on this. What exactly did it mean to sit at his feet? What did Martha do to draw God in? You think on those things. And then another thing that came to me was that, she, you know, Martha, Mary was a secret place dweller. And I thought, who's, who's a secret place dweller? We know Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. You know, But I now found out that a secret place dweller is one who abides in God and his word. And to abide is to make one's home in a particular place or with a particular person. To be kept usually in a particular place, to have your home somewhere, to dwell, to live in or at a specific place. It's a shielded place, a place of safe condition, a place of protection, and we know we need protection. When we dwell in the secret place, we find refuge, protection, provision, purpose, and peace. And those are things you cannot buy with money. Money can't buy that. It's only time spent in God's presence that gives you God. From there, you get this in abundance. So the secret place, it requires staying. And that's where sometimes, you know, you have that problem. Because there are different things. There are bills to pay. There's all sorts. There are meetings to attend, legitimate things, you know. But we need to learn to linger, not to rush, not to hurry. You know, it, it involves coming and abiding. You know, we think of the plant. The plant is grafted in and it has to stay for a certain time before it becomes one with the plant it's been grafted into. It, it requires staying in God's presence and his glory. Being expectant. That's another thing. We need to be expectant. We need to expect things from God. We need to know why we're coming to God. Why are, why, why are we here? We don't just come for this meeting, oh, one and a half hours. And we, Why are we here? Fellowship. Worship, the word, there's so many things. But we come with an expectant heart. And then we need to let our spirit man become one with the Holy Spirit. You know, to let the Holy Spirit lead the fellowship time. You know, it's not about what you want to do a lot of times. It's about the Holy Spirit saying, today, let's just sit. And if he says, just sit and be still and be quiet, (laughs) it might be difficult. But if that's what he wants, you know. So we need to come, to sit, to let go, and to let God. It is believed that this is the same Mary who a few chapters earlier broke her alabaster box to anoint Jesus' feet. And we find that in Luke 7, 36-38. She had been forgiven a lot. And she held that in her mind and she wasn't quick to forget. And then also, when the chips were down and their brother Lazarus died... It was Mary and not Martha. You know, Martha came, they spoke a bit and all, but it was when Mary came and then she cried. And then she, you know, when Jesus saw her, he said Jesus wept. And then he was moved with empathy and it released the resurrection power and he brought their brother back from the dead. So that's another thing. You know, when we spend time, we can move God in a way that we can ask God for the unimaginable. We're saying, God, bring this dead situation back to life. Lord, restore. You know, we can be bold because we know who our God is. Because that's what the secret place does. It lets you know who God is. Because earlier in the year, I was like, oh, yes, some things happened. And we're like, oh, what part, what what stage in life are you in? Some lady was asking some of us and all. And I was like, I need to go back to know God. Because there's some certain things I need to know about God. Like the Israelites, he would tell him, tell them, I am El Shaddai. I am Jehovah Nissi. I am the Lord who heals, you know. And then when they needed a banner, they knew who to go to. When they needed healing, they knew who to go to. They knew, they had a revelation of Jesus, of who God was. So they knew that there was nothing. And it was said of one of their enemies that they were like, ooh, their God must be a God of the mountain, so let's fight them in the the valley. Because the previous battle they had won, but then God, and they were confused because God is I am that I am. Do we know that, that he's all sufficient? So we need to know who God is. And it's a secret place that lets us know who God is. And then the boldness comes, you know, because there are certain things that our children would ask for boldly because they know that their father is capable or their mom is capable of this. You know, they demand it. And we're like, hey, say please at least, <laughs> you know but because they know so do we know who God is and it has to be a personal revelation because you know somebody else could tell you oh this is my testimony blah 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 but until you experience the God who you don't have any money to pay your rent and you're wondering how you're going to tell this landlord or whatever what to do and then money comes in from nowhere how does that happen or or you're ill and then you pray and then healing comes You know, just so many things that God has done for us. But we need to know God. So how do we seek God? I'll try and go through this so that we don't. um, So there's slide five. So we need to come. We need to come. And we need to start our day with God. Even if it's five, ten minutes. Because for some people, they're afternoon people. Some people are evening people. But start your day with God, even if it's five minutes. Just thank him. A lot of people did not wake up. You know, you did thank him for that. You know, have a set time for one-on-one prayer. Have a pen, paper handy, because he would give you instructions. Write them down and go back and pray them in. Find a quiet place, a quiet time that works, you know, and then write down Bible verses, because we need to stand on his word. So he says healing would come, but how? By his stripes I am healed. He will take my right hand, saying unto me, Behold, I will help you. You need to put God in remembrance of his word. So you write down the, look for the Bible verses. Google is there. Google them. So, I mean, it's nice to have a good study Bible, but then also Google helps. So you, you, you know this is the thing, but you can not remember the Bible verse. Google it, you know. Um, get a good study Bible. It really, really helps. Um, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Because it's the Holy Spirit that will give understanding. It's the Holy Spirit that will come against distractions. Because distractions will come when you sit down. You know, so you need to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Pray that your ears, your eyes, your hearts are open to receive. Be expectant, like I said. He's the one who will teach and guide us into all truth. I said again, learn to meditate. Learn to tithe your time. You know, um, 24 hours. We tithe our money. But do we tithe our time? And our time is more valuable than our money. To be truthful because you use your time to get money so if you can tithe your time imagine what would happen we tithe our income and we see blessings imagine tithing your time you know and you can spread it throughout the whole day two and a half two hours 40 minutes it's not a lot to give to god it's not um so the bible this was was it birthday present and I was like, I need a good Bible that would help me, a study Bible, get a translation you understand. Some people say get King James, but if you're going to struggle, get something you understand. It's better to at least understand than to want to read it as close to what God said. you know. So you can get the two. Use the NLT or some good version, and then you read the King James so that understanding can come. Find songs that help you. We all have different musicians, and you hear their song and immediately, you know, a song, it just, or a sound, or something. You, worship helps, and we're called to be worshipers. So use worship to get into the presence of God. Start and end with thanksgiving. Remember to present your, um, yourself to God for spiritual scans. And that's like when we do MOTs at the um, GP. How many times do we do an MOT for our spiritual lives? You know, we assume a lot of things, you know, and it's good to stop and say, am I being patient? You ask your children, they give you an honest answer. <laughs> am I being kind? You know, am I being, am I, the works of the flesh, you know, are they in me? And that's another, that's another thing, the works of the flesh, how much of them are in me as against the fruits of the spirit? So it's good, to do a periodical scan to know where you stand with God. Because the Bible says in 1 John 1, 8 to 9, well, 9 mainly, that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, not God, and the truth is not in us. But when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then remember the blood. Jesus went through great pain to shed his blood for us. And it's one of the purposes so that we can plead the blood of Jesus. Like the Israelites, you know, that night, they killed the lamb and they spread it on the doors so that the spirit of death could pass over. But we don't need to do that. Thankfully, imagine if Nathan had to be pouring <laughs> stuff all around. But thankfully, we can just stand and we can open our mouth and we can plead the blood of Jesus over ourselves, our family, our church, and everything. And we would, you know, utilize the power behind the blood of Jesus. And also remember that the blood gives us access to the throne room of God. And then we need to find out what the word of God says. Like I said earlier on and pray about it. You're a wife, what does God say about um, being a wife? There's a lot in the Bible. It's good to pray, but then it's good to use God's word so you know what the laws are to having a good marriage, to being a good parent, to raising children, to being a leader. Find out what the word of God says and pray until it becomes a reality. It's like that plant, keep watering, keep watering, keep believing, keep having faith, and then we would see it grow. You know, and then get accountability partners. That is so important. Um, They don't need to be your friends. You need people who will be truthful to you, who will tell you the truth. Because what's the point? How are they accountable to you, or you to them? If you know, I remember joining Slimming World, and first day I got back home, I'm like, why did I go there? You know, and I was like, but then I thought, I don't need to like this woman. She's there to help me lose weight. I need to lose weight. I need to stay focused. And we went through the whole thing. I did lose the weight. I still go because I have to go, otherwise I would eat the weight back on. <laughs> but you get people who you know will call you. The other day, one of my accountabilities c- called me and she said, so how are you doing with your prayer? And you know, she was like texting me and everything, sent me some encouraging videos, blah, blah. You know, and it helps. You know, Get accountability, accountability partners for the different areas of your lives. It could be different people. You know, but people who would tell you the truth, people you can be accountable, you know, to. It really, really, really helps. And then learn to wait. Learn to listen for the personal message and instruction that God has for you. And when you hear, I can't keep saying it enough, act. There's some things that God... I remember last year, God told me, wake up and pray at three in the morning, and I thought... <laughs> but then I know... In the end, I obeyed some months later, but I had lost time. Things had happened because he knew what was about to come. That's why he told me, start praying at three in the morning. Things happened, and then of course, you now have to take out the weed first, the weeds that have grown, before you can now tend to the flowers and things. So I now had to, I went backwards. So yes, I finally obeyed, but it, it took more effort. It took more work, and there were more scars, more tears. But I think I've learned that lesson now, that when he says do something, try and do it immediately, because he knows why he's telling you to do something in that season. Guard your eyes, your ears, your heart. What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you seeing? What are you meditating on? You know. And I remember months, years ago, I was like, oh, I don't know how to meditate. I don't know how to meditate. I think I shared with Elaine once when we were cleaning downstairs. And I thought, do you know... We do know how to meditate. We meditate on our problems. We meditate on our troubles. That's meditating, pondering, putting it in front of you, continually worrying about it. That is it, muttering it. Muttering is part of, so you're like, ooh, and then telling everybody, (laughs) but God. So we need to learn to meditate on God. Meditate on his promises. There's so many promises God has given us. So, so, so many. And a lot of them are just lying fallow. Because, you know, we're like a child who does not realize. Can you imagine if we find out that um, the queen has a fifth child somewhere? And that child has been languishing in poverty and loneliness. He didn't have a family, grew up. Meanwhile, he's the fifth child to the queen of England. Can you imagine how his life would change? Once, you know, they do, of course, the DNA test to prove and all. So we need to make sure we know who we are. And this is it. (laughs) So I just pray. I pray that um, as we obey the commands of Jesus in Matthew 6, um, 33, to seek first God Almighty, the King, his kingdom and his righteousness, that all those other things that we seek, they will be added without a doubt. They will be added in good measure. And another thing about God, when he blesses his blessings, they make rich and add no sorrow. So would you rather go about working hard, having sleepless nights, worrying about something, or spend some time with God, get instructions, and rather than doing two, four hours, 10, to 15 minutes, because you have wisdom, insight, you know, favor, he opens those doors before you. You know, you have people, I mean, like I said, a text came, do you want this job? It's yours if you want I was like, I didn't even ask for it. Well, I kind of like, I was like, God, yes, something new. But, you know, I didn't apply. Because God is like, okay, this is the next thing for you. Knowing that we have stages in God. We're hearing something yesterday. There's glory to glory to glory. There are different levels in God. They have the angels. Michael said, "I, I stand in the presence of God. You know, I'm one of those angels that stand in God's presence. So there are some angels that don't stand in God's presence. So they're in levels as well. They're in different, you know levels. So where do you want to be? Do you want to be a Martha who, yes, you would invite Jesus in and entertain him to an extent? Or do you want to be a Mary who would commune with God? Become one with God? You know, that dwelling place, it's something you can carry with you because we're spiritual people. So we don't have to run here, thank God. Like the Israelites had to always go to the temple once a year. We have God in us, you know. Secret place is where we are inside of us and we can make that our real home you know but in order to interface with the king we must know him and be one of his and i'll just like us all to bow our heads down now you know because there might be one or two of us here who need to receive jesus as their lord and savior and then some who might need to just recommit themselves back to god to make their way back to him so if that's you that would you please just say this lord jesus i believe that you are the son of god And you came to the earth to die for all my sins. Forgive me my sins. And wash me with your blood. I confess that you are the son of God. That you died and on the third day you rose again. I declare that I am born again. And I receive the Holy Spirit as promised in the scriptures. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I declare that all these ones that have said this, Lord, they are forgiven and they are born again in Jesus' name, Father, Lord. I thank you because you have said you will save them to the uttermost. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you. We give you all the glory and adoration, Lord. And we thank you for where you're taking us to as a people, as a church, Lord. We thank you because, Lord, indeed, I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things you're going to do in J2A Church, in and through J2A Church, Father Lord. Indeed, we said this about two, three years ago. That where Pastor Tim was living. You know, it would would just be the ceiling for the next things to come. I believe we're in those times. We're in those times. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Amen.
1: Thank you. you. Bless you, Tope. uh, There was some real good biblical truth there, wasn't there? And, um, you know, some real practical things really for us to take hold of. You know what, that's not a bad thought either, is it? I'm going to, uh, no offence, mum, I love you to bits, but I'm going to claim that the, uh, that the queen's my old dear. You know, you know? Prove, you've got to prove me wrong, haven't you? You know, think of the benefits. <laughs> so, um, do you know what, but let's, uh, let's, you know, let's take that word. Let's, let's be serious about that this week. Let's seek God in his dwelling place. You know, Jesus declared at one point in the Gospels, he who has ears, let him hear. In other words, he's he who is willing to listen, let them listen. You know what, I believe that we, we need to, at times we just need to develop spiritual ears. And that might look like getting up a little bit earlier in the morning or that might look like turning your phone off for 20 minutes a day so that you can't get bombarded by the emails and the this, that and the other that takes place in life. That might look like, you know, getting uh, before the kids go to bed, getting all in a huddle and, and having a thought, having a prayer. Let's seek God in his dwelling place it's amazing what will, what the transformation that takes place in your life when you uh, when you begin to prioritize God so thank you tope that is the end of our meeting this morning um, just remember again 5 p.m tonight we've got cafe church so let's come back again willing to um willing to worship, ready to, ready to listen, ready to get hungry for God again, uh, but hopefully you'll be hungry as well physically because we're going to have dinner together. So don't eat yourselves out of house and home this afternoon. Let's save that for tonight. And um, also just to let you know too, if, uh, if you want to come along tonight but you, you can't bring anything along, then don't feel abro- obliged as well. Just be there. Let's fellowship together and let's build relationship. Amen. Amen. I'll see you downstairs for a coffee.